Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the Thistle Rugby Podcast, the podcast formerly known as the only podcast that cares about Scottish rugby. How are you guys doing today? Um, we've got a really special episode for you. We've been joined by the guys at the Craggy Rugby Pod. We've had a really great chat with them about um, the game coming up on Saturday. As always, thanks for having me along. I'm joined in the room though by our very own Alan Little. Good to be here. Very excited. Um, and Matt is still away. Where is he again, Alan? He has gone to an anime conference in oh. Sacramento. That is weird. Yeah, for two weeks. Well, like the Japanese like animation stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have this like uh, yearly conference in Sacramento. And he's just like a massive fan. So. I didn't even didn't even know he was into that. Yeah, he no, keeps that to himself, doesn't he? He's just been into it since I went to school with him. He's just been really into it since he was twelve. So that's cool. Yeah. Well, he's he's not been missed though. I think we can agree. We've replaced him with another Alan. Yeah, which is good. Good to have two Alans. Um, but before we get into that, guys, um, of course you can follow us on the Acast Podcast app or on iTunes and on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod. We've had another uh, week of great reviews coming in, guys. Really appreciate it when you get on there. Helps us with our stats, lets us spread our name and get the get the Scottish rugby game being chatted about more. We have heard from um, GP or G Pilly, five star review, fantastic and interesting podcast, good insight into Scottish rugby. My only complaint is towards Scott Johnson. All hail God Emperor Scott Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> All hail the King. All hail the King. Scott so, yeah. G. So Scott Johnson doing well. Um, so Someone yeah. did tweet us, reminding us that he was in charge when we had lost that game at Millennium Stadium, which might have been one of the most depressing games. Yeah. It was a hell of a weekend, though. 
Well, it was really good fun. I, I was there. I, was, I wasn't dreadful. invited. You're not invited? Oh, no, Sean. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. That was a dreadful, dreadful day out. And also, he presided over what was it that stat? 26% win rate? Yeah, the worst win rate of any of the Scotland coaches. Worse than Matt Williams, which I thought was interesting. I thought it was impossible. But... Yeah, you would think. Um, right, but before we get in, as I say, most of this pod is going to be a chat with um, with Alan from the Craggy Rugby Pod, which is really, really great. Amazing insight into the Scotland game. Um, but just let's just do a quick wrap-up news before we get into that. So we're recording this on Monday night, and Alex Dunbar is a Glasgow Warrior for the next couple of years. Good news. Yeah, absolutely great. I know we sort of heard a few rumours that there was a couple of French teams that were interested in him, but I think that's a really big, big signing for um, Glasgow. And I mean, I just think with him staying, I think, um, and with possibly Hugh Jones coming, oh, yeah. that just, uh, it's just maybe just going to take Glasgow's back line to the next level. So, And Tommy Seymour and Stuart Hogg both signed up now. Both re-signed. Yeah, it's looking... Looking really, really positive, and well, we've heard that he's on two hundred and twenty grand a year, so not a bad day for Mister Dunbar either. Not a bad day, but if I'm honest, less than I thought he would be. You think he'd be more than that? Well, if Owen Williams is getting four hundred and fifty k at Gloucester, and oh yeah, oh maybe it's a bad day for him. Yeah, I mean, I'm just highly surprised. Obviously, that's probably base salary, and I imagine you. Heavily incentivized with yeah, Scotland games and sort of European games. He's not. He's not doing bad. Yeah, I mean, he's not. He's not hitting the food bank. <laughs> he's not. He's not struggling. No, he's not, not struggling. Um, what else has been going on? Um, <laughs> um, Jim Telfer has been ruled out for his sort of annual gripe about um, the rest of the nations and the Six Nations on the BBC this morning. Tom English doing a great, uh, another great interview with him. And what was it he said about um, Eddie Jones? Said he likened him to Donald Trump, which, <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I feel like Eddie Jones is a lot of it's for show, whereas I think Donald Trump is actually I think that arrogant and well, mental. I think he has proven that. But yeah, you know, I, I, I don't know. I just think that it just seems that at this time every year, Jim Telfer gets, sort of, somebody goes to the borders and sees Jim Telfer. <laughs> And just lets him speak and rant for a couple of hours and you get great copy out of it. Yeah, to be fair, I think you probably get quite a lot of great hits on BBC. Yeah. It'll be, it's always before the England game that he always talks about Thatcher and he always goes really like goes like really, really like hardcore. I mean he really, really hates the English. He some, does. Of, some of his comments about the English and he was saying um they think they're superior Blah, 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 and that they don't appreciate the other team. Yeah. And all this. He called it a concrete, he called Twickenham a concrete jungle, nothing attractive about it. <laughs> it, is, it is a hell of an intimidating place to play. Well, not to play, but I imagine it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah to watch. <laughs> um, but no, you're right. I think, yeah, he's just sort of sitting there waiting for his yearly. Uh, he gets the call every year, but. Um, he's taken out for lunch. It's fine. Yeah, he does, he does well. Yeah. Um, what else is going on? <laughs> this, uh, shall we do the sevens and then we'll talk about our little bit about WP now? Yeah. So, uh, sevens first. Um, so, yeah, Scotland came third at the weekend at the Wellington Sevens. So, they've been going sort of um, good guns in the sevens. So, they came sick in Dubai. Fourth in Hong Kong, I think, and then third in Wellington, and beat England fourteen twelve in the quarter final, which was an absolutely cla- classic game. Um, I saw the I saw the uh, the try saving tackle 
Yeah, James Fleming. Um, absolutely tearing it down the pitch. So quick. Yeah, so quick. And I think one of the things with this Scotland Sevens team is they just seem to be like a really close-knit team. You can kind of see when they play. Um, they're all working really hard tactically, especially against Fiji, playing really, really smart. And then two players just want to pull out. I think um, Gavin Lowe looks really, really He looks good. the real deal, doesn't he? Yeah, I was really, really impressed with him. And also George Horn, Pete Horn's little brother, I thought um, was looking really good. And then obviously Mark Robertson, the Olympic winner, um, yeah. scored an absolutely unbelievable try against Canada, I think it was. I didn't see very much of it, um, so I'll take your word on that one. Although they've been absolutely royally shafted for the next seven tournaments. It's all based on your um, ranking. And because New Zealand came sixth and Australia came ninth, they're now in the same group as them Are they? <laughs> for the Sydney sevens. Next oh, week. okay. Well... I mean, they're in Sydney in February. They're not having a bad I'm time. Not, I'm not going to give them too much sympathy <laughs> for that one. Um, and then just before we get cracked into the craggy uh, rugby pod stuff, we got a, t- we got a bit of a, a message from a, a co-conspirator this week yeah. who lives on the same street as WP Now, and he says that WP Now's house is up for sale. Yeah. So he's either moving house or... Mate. Maybe he's moving away. Maybe he's just looking for a bit more room. He is a big guy, and he's yeah. got to rest his neck, so he needs a, maybe I mean, he needs a nice comfy big house. He's originally from Kelso as well, so maybe he's moving back to... Maybe he's to... moving back to Kelso, back to his Scottish rugby roots. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> well, that would be certainly um, interesting to but see. I mean, this. If a deal was on the table for somewhere else, and obviously I think uh, other teams can now talk to him. Yeah, So because they would never speak to them outside of the transfer window, would they? No, no, absolutely. absolutely, absolutely none not. of that going on. Um, um, but yeah, so, so maybe if, if you are WP Now's um, estate agent, get in touch, give us the inside scoop. Where is he looking? Yeah, Luke, because there might be fifteen pound, ten pounds off a razor for you. There might be. I yeah, mean, there, there might be. Even if you're, uh, <laughs> even if you're not WP Now's estate agent. Um, and that's because we've uh, we've managed to get you you guys um, to reward your loyal listeners. We can now offer you uh, a special Thistle deal on a razor which offers the precision of a Greg Laidlaw conversion, um, the cutting edge of a Hugh Jones sidestep, and the style of Finn Russell on the dance floor at Opal Lounge. So that is quite the razor, and don't just take our word for it. Alan and I are both users of Cornerstone. This is the Cornerstone razor. It was the GQ razor of the year. Um, and if you use our um, use our code, just Thistle at checkout, you can get ten pounds off your first order. Now, what that'll get you is it'll get you a premium engraved shaft, so you can put your put your initials on there. It makes you feel like a proper celeb, um, pretty deluxe. Um, and then, so for just four quid, you can get a, a razor. You get a deck of um, of actual blades, which are really really top quality, and you get a really smooth face like Alan Little. It's Alan Little approved, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I've been using it for three months, and I've, I mean, I've just never looked this good. So that's true. I can tell you. I'm looking at him right now, and you can tell he, <laughs> you can tell this guy's been cornerstoned. So that's it. Get on, get onto the cornerstone website. Chuck Thistle in at checkout, and uh, let us know how you get on. Show us a photo of your shaft. We would love to see that. <laughs> <laughs> right. So um, as we say, um, we have been chatting with um, Alan from the Craggy Rugby Pod, um, previewing the Ireland game. So um, enjoy it.
Hi guys, welcome to the Thistle Rugby Podcast, the only podcast that cares about Scottish rugby. We've got a special um, edition today looking ahead to the Ireland game on Saturday and we are delighted to be joined by Alan from the Craggy Rugby Pod. Alan, how are you doing? I'm very good, Dave. I'm very good. Thank you. Good stuff. And for our regular listeners, don't be disappointed. We have our very own Alan Little as well. Yeah, I'm I'm still here. (laughs) (laughs) Not being replaced by another Alan. So here we go, we've dipped one day into the most exciting week in Scottish rugby, the lead-up to the first game before it all comes crumbling down around our ears after our (laughs) inevitable first loss. Um, What we're going to be discussing with Ant, we've got his his knowledge of particularly Connor and the Irish game, so we're going to draw on that. We're going to split it across sort of three thistly issues as we always do, so we're going to look at one, what are going to be the key areas in the game um, on Saturday? And then we're going to have a bit of a chat around what we think a combined Scotland and Ireland 15 would look like. I think those two will go quite nicely together. And then we're going to put Alan particularly on the spot and say, who is going to win? Yeah. <laughs> so what, what do you reckon, Alan Little? Uh, well, so key areas. I think, as I said, front row is really, really big for us. I think the WPNL out, um, as I said, in the uh, Six Nations last year, he won the most sort of scrum penalties in the whole of the tournament. Arthur Dickinson out as well. I think cause we were thinking about a month or two ago that we might use this Six Nations as an opportunity to sort of probably push Ross forward to the bench and get Fraser Brown in the front row, sort of a much more sort of dynamic ball playing front row yeah, player. Exactly. We're saying with with all the size that we lose with, with WP Nell. Uh, on the injury list, I think Ross Four is going to come back in, and then we're going to have Xander Ferguson and Gordon Reid come back, who, whilst obviously great club players, haven't yet really proved themselves at the international level. You know, Xander Ferguson's a really, really young guy, and also three players I don't think will strike much fear into that Irish front row. I think, and it'd be good to hear your thoughts on this, I think that Irish front row are going to come into this game feeling like they can take on that Scottish front row. Alan, what yes, do you reckon? You know, that was, that was, I have to say, it was a broad smile on my face when I saw that Mr. Nell had, had <laughs> uh, failed his test. So it made a, made a big, um, made a big impact over here. And I see that I saw the bookies have, have sort of added a few points to the, to the, the spread as well, based just on that one player. Um, and like we, we would have been the same last year before, before the, the emergence of, of Furlong, if, if we'd lost, if we'd lost, um, our tight head at the time was named Rice Mike Ross. If we'd lost him, you know, it would have been a, a huge issue. But, you know, I was looking back at the, the highlights again of last season's game. I think if Furlong had been playing, I'm not sure that Mr. Hogg would have scored that first try of the, <laughs> of the match. <laughs> that might actually Furlong, be true, actually. Yeah, Furlong can get around the field a heck of a lot better. Like, he's, he's, he's such a naturally strong man. Like, you know, everybody does their weights and whatever, but he, he comes from a farming background as far as I know. And, and, and those it, guys yeah. are seriously strong guys. I played with him for years. And it just it, it, there's just a different level of strength. The Sean the Sean O'Brien so school of um, lifting weights. Yeah, he's and he's a really good guy as well. He's, he's a tremendous guy as well. He's been a good player. So yeah, I, I, that was you know I'd be looking at you know the key area for me scrum line out with the scrum now that how now is not there is, is a real plus for us. How um, well respected is Rory Best in Ireland? Obviously, I know he's captain, but I think there has always been a few people that have kind of maybe not seen him as a top, top quality player. 
Um, yeah, he struggled with the Lions. When he struggled with the Lions and his line-out darts were a little bit dodgy there at one stage, you know, people sort of had their, their doubts about him. But he's, he's a, as far as I'm concerned, he's, he's our best hooker. He's, he's the best hooker we've had for a while now. And he, he plays the game like a flanker. And nobody appreciates how much work he does around the field. Yes, every now and again his darts go astray, but then having a six foot ten man to show at and Mr. Toner has helped him an awful lot. Um, yeah, you know, that's, he's, that's he's true. hugely respected over here. He's he's a quietly confident man who, who exudes confidence and it spreads out throughout the whole team. So Yeah, and I suppose um, he's he's just one of many sort of real like leadership contenders in that um in that island pack. I suppose you've got real stalwarts like Jamie Heaslip as well. You know, you're not picking me up. Ah, there you go. Ah, there. I'm, I just, I was just saying, he's, he's a, obviously his leadership qualities are huge, and that sort of, you can't really buy that sort of experience. And then alongside a player like Jamie Heaslip as well in that pack, you've got two real leaders um, for for a team with so much young talent in it as well. Exactly, exactly. Like you're looking at, you know, the spine of the team being, the spine of the pack being two and eight with the two second rows in there. You're looking at Toner with a heck of a lot of caps as well. So like, there's a real experience. With guys like like Jack McGrath, is a, a fantastic prop as far as we're concerned, but he's still quite young. Yeah, yeah, twenty six. So you know you're looking at quite a young team, but having having those guys who are sort of in their thirties or early thirties gives us a, a, a nice bit of strength and, and um, experience to, to let guys go off them. And you got the likes of Young Van der Fleer, who I think is just the most. He's the best seven we've produced in an awful long time. I'm hoping he's picked. Like I, I pick him. He's a proper seven. He's not a Sean O'Brien seven. He's a proper seven. Well, that gives us a pretty good because the one area I did want to actually ask you about is the back row. Um, I knew, I've met a few Irish guys, massive fans of Van der Flyer, and I'm a massive fan of CJ Stander as well. You've got yeah. Manny, he's lit. I mean, it's a bit of a joke, really. And yeah. <laughs> um, I guess just in terms of sort of. I mean, I guess CJ Stander, I imagine, is like a 100% starter. I would have thought so. He, he, he gets over the game line every single time. And like, that's just invaluable, especially at the very highest level. Like, if you're, if you're on the front foot, it makes all the difference. And he does it all the time. Yeah. I was, in, um, I was actually in Dublin last year for the Scotland-Ireland game. And I know sort of John Hardy, sort of that whole tournament was really sort of just making massive dominant tackles. And CJ Stander ran into maybe three or four times, and every single time was making four, or five yards. And it was it was, it was that, it really just gave Ireland such good ball. And I think is yeah. there a chance they might move him to eight at all? I don't, I don't think so. I think Heaslip brings. He just brings so much. It's not just you know the ball carrying. He brings his leadership qualities. He brings. He just doesn't miss tackles. You know, he's he's a guy who just makes the right decision at the right time. Like the, I think the try saving tackle that, that effectively won us the tournament. Yeah, I mean the, the back row. I think the back row is an area that Scotland have been. We've been talking an awful lot on the pod about a real area of strength. But against Ireland, that's just going to be a massive area. We've got. Um, John Barkley, who's really having a renaissance in his career after falling out with um, Scott Johnson and getting sort of benched for a couple of years. Um, we've got some great players. I mean, Ryan Wilson, a guy who I did not like for a number of years, has been playing great for Glasgow. Um, so is Josh Strauss. And now Hamish Watson coming through at seven um, for Edinburgh and playing so well for Scotland as well. I think that's going to be a really, really key battle, as it always is in the in the, in the back row. But I think Ireland probably just have... I. I'd give them just the edge. But I wonder if you think an area where Scotland might have the upper hand would be the second row with um, Johnny Gray 
playing at sort of really top class European levels and and dominating and everything he brings to the game. And then his brother Richie just offering his time in Toulouse. You would have watched the Toulouse Connacht game. He was getting around and putting his um, his body around for Toulouse, and he's been playing some great stuff and has really developed his game, particularly under Vern Cotter. So. What do you think against the sort of Ireland um, second row? Do you think that's an area where Scotland could maybe have some um, dominance? I'm not sure it'll be dominant, but I don't think there'll be anything between Johnny Gray. Actually, in, in the composite team, I have Johnny Gray in, in the team because I, you know, I'm massively impressed with him. Anytime he's played against Connacht, I've just found him just to be the most effective player. He just everything he does is positive. Everything he does, you know, he's he's aggressive. He's fast. He can get around the field. Richie, yes, I was very impressed with Richie last week. I was over in Toulouse, unfortunately. Oh, were you? <laughs> um, you know, and, and, and that was, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I was very impressed with, with how he dominated a lot of the contact areas. And with the two of them, like, uh, you know, I was never, I wasn't the biggest fan in the world of Devin Toner up until about two years ago. Yeah. And then he, he had a year with just himself and Paul O'Connell and, it seems as though Paul O'Connell's magic rubbed off him a little bit, and he's just turned into the most incredible giant man who's, who's, who's you know able to do an awful lot more than he used to be able to do. Um, but I wouldn't put you know between himself and, and Richie Gray, there's, there's there's hardly anything in there. There's hardly anything between it. No, I um, think that's right. I think uh, I think Johnny Gray is going to be pretty massive. I think yeah. even though we're at home, I have a feeling that Ireland are going to have the majority of possession in this game, and if Scotland are going to win. They're gonna have to put in a real big defensive performance. I, and maybe it's not the best example, but that that um, Glasgow Munster game, sort of post obviously uh, Anthony Foley's death, where Munster just battered Glasgow, just absolutely battered, and we're just constantly getting front foot bond. I know that might be a sort of um, anomaly, but just in general I'm just worried that's what's going that that's what's going to happen on the day that that pack is just going to keep getting that front football and with Conor Murray sort of having the time and space just to dictate the game we're going to sort of get slightly bullied um, yeah it worries me as well <laughs> yeah. there's a lot there's a lot of things worrying about there me is a lot Saturday, of and one of them will be wearing number 9 on his back Conor Murray genuinely world class probably top 3 scrum halves in the world at the moment well, he's my show for Lions captain. Yeah, I think he certainly would that. And I think everyone talks about Greg Laidlaw. Hell, we talk about Greg Laidlaw an awful lot on the pod and what he brings and does not bring. But Conor Murray is just, he's a different level, attacking, defending, controlling a game. Yeah. He's just hes just brilliant and a massive asset for Ireland. Oh, he is. He's, 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 he's incredible. Like to, to the point where, you know, everyone's gone on a bit sexton and we survive without Sexton. I think we can survive without Sexton because we've got Conor Murray. Yeah, because um, he does. He, he bullies his pack around the field. He's he's the closest thing I've seen to um, Juice van der Vestes in an awful long time. Yeah, and that's like, a well, that's a hell of a comparison. I think Murray, the, the, the rate at which he grows, the rate at which he manages to, to keep you know getting better and better. Like if there'd been a fourth test in the last Lions tour, he probably would have started. Yeah, I mean, I, I think third, the. Uh, It'll be interesting to see if um, Glasgow, if, if Scotland take a page out of Glasgow's playbook <laughs> and um, just try and take, just take his legs off in the um, well, in the I'd early be, exchanges. I'd be disappointed if they didn't. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was. But I'd also be very disappointed if the Irish pack didn't look after him. Well, the one yeah. thing I think Joe Smith is going to be worried about is there isn't that much depth after Murray. 
Is it you got Luke McGrath and then who's the Connacht no, guy? No, Sorry, I can't no, remember. Not Luke McGrath. No, I, I, I have my issues with Luke McGrath. I have to say that Matic's <laughs> far too many steps when he before he passes the ball. Like he's a good player, but I wouldn't put him anywhere close to Marmion's level. Yeah. And the the funny thing was against um, against Australia for the last four or five minutes, where Marmion had been on the wing for the whole time. With about three or four minutes to go, Murray got caught in, in at the bottom of a rock, and, and Marmion came in and took over. And the whole thing just calmed down, and he, he sorted out his forwards, and he started just picking and driving because we just needed to win the game. Yeah. And eventually Murray got back after about three or four phases, and the first thing he did was kick the ball away. And you're going, <laughs> oh my God, I don't believe he just hold on to the ball. So Marmion, and since, since that match, Marmion has come back. Every time Marmion had gone to Ireland, he came back to Connacht, a broken man. Oh really? Obvious that he, yeah, he, he, he went the first, I think he played in, he played in a, a Saxons game, a game against the Saxons three years ago, two or three years ago, it was three years ago, and um, had a terrible game and came back and his, his confidence was shot in one game and he didn't, he was up and down and once he, once he was back with us for about three or four weeks, his confidence would come back and he'd be fine. Then he'd go back to Ireland camp and he'd be broken again. But when he came back from the last, you know, from the November internationals after that, second half display where he was <laughs> run over I don't know how many times but still held on to the guys obviously Joe Smith was really impressed with him yeah. he had a lot of confidence and he's been brilliant ever since then he's been really good like I, I, I'm, I'm not a fan of Luke McGrath I have to say I think, the, <laughs> I think the third best scrum half in Ireland is, is John Cooney <laughs> oh really and honestly, and now he's going up to, to Ulster next year so ah. um, is, he, yeah. is that why Ruin Pinar is leaving because he's moving to Ulster well, no, he's moving to Ulster because we're in Bruno. Ah, right, interesting. So, again, yeah, we, we do have an issue that, that, you know, we don't have a massive amount of scrum has coming through. So what you're trying to, so what you're trying to say is that you, you think the, the Scotland strategy should be to attack Conor Murray? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, Vern, Vern Carter, yeah, we know the, you're out there listening. Stop the, stop the thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's always like a fine, the, the, the pack might get going forward if yeah. Murray's rattled, but it's really difficult to, to rattle Conor Murray. It really oh, is. Yeah. I know Glasgow came close to it, but he still played really well. You know, oh, yeah. You know, he still, was getting yeah. happen, and he still was, played extremely well. Let's um, move outside, Alan. Yeah, well, I think maybe the area that I don't know much about for Ireland, especially with Jared Payne going out, is what yeah. that centre combo is I imagine is Henshaw going to be starting yeah and then is it just who plays at 12 with him or will they play Henshaw at 12 they'll play Henshaw at 12 most okay. likely and they'll, they'll almost definitely play Ringrose outside Ringrose well yeah. Ringrose does I mean I'm, I'm not even harsh I, I've only seen a couple of games of Ringrose and he hasn't actually played that well in the games I've seen I know he always gets compared to um, Brian O'Driscoll yeah, it, it, is a, it is it is a harsh thing to do. For yeah. yeah, I know. <laughs> I think maybe I'm just always expecting. So I mean, he, what, I think he's only like 21. I'm always sort of expecting he's... him to be sort of mind blowingly amazing. Um, but I guess again, just sort of chucking him in at 21, it possibly might be sort of an area for us to exploit. Or do you think he's the sort of I would guy? I thought that... so. No, no. I, like I, I, I've huge time for him. I think he's going to be unbelievable. Really? If he doesn't get injured, I think he's going to be, well, you know, getting close to what I've just said. Well, that's going to be a hell of a match. His work rate is what I love most about him. He yeah. has all the silky running skills and whatever, but his work rate is outstanding. Um, but he still he still tends to, you know, have the odd frail frailty in defence that just slightly worry. But he's only twenty one. He's only twenty one. So, yeah. Well, he's going to be going up against Scotland's great hope, probably Hugh Jones. Our um, yeah. Yeah, I was amazed to see him actually have a. 
the only team in the whole Six Nations that have a, a player who's playing Super 15 rugby or Super Super. I know. Rugby, whatever it's yeah, I know. Well, well, that's not not long not long for that. We don't. We think it's. Um, we hear it's already done that he's coming to Glasgow in the summer after the Super Tournament's over. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Wow. So the SIU have got their hands on him. Um, so he'll probably get much worse now. You'd expect. <laughs> I always think it's no, good no, when. Yeah. Just let him stay in Cape Town. Let him just do it. Keep developing. Doesn't need to come uh, to Scotland. Exactly. Like, well, at least he's not ending up at Edinburgh. Yeah, that's impressive. In, uh, he played against Australia, didn't he? Yeah, and uh, yeah, and then he got injured halfway through the Argentina Argentina right. game. Yeah, my I guess my issue with Hugh Jones that I've, I've brought up before is so he hasn't played a game of rugby since the Autumn Internationals. So it'll be interesting just to see coming straight into that yeah. Ireland game. I mean, That's a big ask. It's a big ask, and there's a lot. Of, there's I mean, Glasgow have been going great guns, and they've been going great guns with um, either Mark Bennett or um, Alex Dunbar at thirteen. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's a big ask for Vern to, 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 to put him in. But as we've said over that Autumn International period, he is the guy that has the X factor. Yeah. He's the one that gets outside people and he set up the try, set up, scored twice against Australia and set up the sort of crucial try against um, Argentina. Yeah. I guess um, we've sort of talked a bit about what Ireland players we're worried about. If, is what Scotland players stand out for you that you're sort of worried about going into this game on Saturday? Um, well, I'd say that the Scottish back three, if, if I'm looking at my composite team here, and the Scottish back three are I've definitely two of them in there, and probably a third, in all honesty. But the other one that, that really bothers me, and I'm really worried about him, um, and I have to say I was quite happy when he went off after a minute in the semi-final against Connacht, is Finn Russell. Yeah. I'd, I'd pick him in front of Sexton at this stage. Would you? Because me, yeah, me and Alan were... I, I don't like my 10 being so broken all the time. I like my 10 to do what <laughs> Finn Russell does, which is panic the opposition, which means if they're worrying about the 10, then all the outside backs have more room because the opposition have to worry about the 10. So, and I, I just think he's a fantastic player. Like he's, 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 um, he's got speed, he's brave, he's quick, he makes good decisions so many times. Yeah, I, I'm hugely impressed with, with Finn Russell. Was actually we were saying before the pod is I would love to see Finn Russell with Connor Murray because I think if Finn Russell could just sort of um, kind of get rid of a bit, get, give away some of the responsibility of kicking, and mm-hmm. just have a ten who could just controls the game, I think he would be sort of unbelievable. I think he could sort of take his game to the next level. I think he sort of struggles a bit with Greg Laidlaw because the ball can be quite slow. Yeah. Um, and I still think Laylaw's kicking is that good. I think we uh, we need to sort of rely on Russell a lot more than sort of even than Ireland do with Johnny Sexton. Um, but no, I think I think it's going to be, a lot of it hinges on what Russell turns up. Yeah. Yes. I think this well, is. And, this and is... I suppose that, that that hinges on on the quality of the ball that's coming to him. If he's getting the ball on the back foot all the time. Like I can see him making the odd break here and there, but if it's constant, you know, yeah. It's and this this is the this is the worry I have against that that Irish pack, which we've gone through and is so powerful and so quality. It's in games like that when Scotland are on the back foot that Greg Laidlaw goes into himself, and he gets really slow and he gets a, he he takes a couple of steps before passing it, and it's not when Scotland play well. Greg Laidlaw does well when we're on the front. I mean any scrum half, but Greg Laidlaw in particular when we're on the the front foot, that is when we get good ball. So I worry about that. If we can't assert any sort of parity, at least at the breakdown, I think. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. That massively affects Finn because it slows Laidlaw down by a couple of seconds. And of course, you have to play him because he's the best kicker internationally. According to the stats. According yeah. to the stats, yeah. <laughs> like eighty-five percent is is you know, and I'm just looking at those one of these one of one of these. Yeah, I know. I saw that one. That, that base it not just on the success rate, but also the the average difficulty of the kick as well, and, and he's just out there. Yeah, I think um, one of the things we're looking at is because our team is so dominated by Glasgow, and when it comes to sort of Wales and Italy, we obviously play those teams week in and week out. And actually, Glasgow almost always beat the Welsh teams and the Italian teams. Yep. And I think we sort of chatted about earlier, the fact that Munster have beaten Glasgow three times this year, Leinster have beaten Glasgow, Leinster, Munster and Connacht have all beaten Edinburgh. Yeah. It's, I just, and this is why Hugh Jones might be a good man to have in. All the Irish players know what Glasgow and Edinburgh have. They, they play these players all the time. They know they can beat them. Yeah. And my worry is, is that on the flip side, the Glasgow players have been beaten three times by Munster and Len- and have been beaten by Leinster. And that just... M- mentally, that can be quite a hard place to get out of. Um, yeah, I know what you're saying, but like, you know, with Six Nations is... Is a different kettle of fish. I know they're 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 very similar, and I suppose it's it's one of the things about you know being a Connacht fan. I've been a Connacht fan for twenty years now, even though I'm from Leinster. But that's let's <laughs> not go into that. Um, you know, having four teams here gives us these options. Yeah. That, you know that, that that Scotland are obviously struggling with because there's only the two teams there, so you, you can't have as many players. And one of the reasons we still survive is one of the bean counters went to the RFU in 2008 and said look if you lose Connacht you're going to lose a whole batch of guys who can play the game and you'll have less players coming through which is going to have an impact further on down the line and thankfully there are a few listened to them and allowed us to still exist and once they started pumping money into Connacht you know they, they, they pumped they pumped an extra million into Connacht two years ago huh. and within two years we won the championship so that's a good <laughs> investment well yeah, done yeah I know it was a pretty good investment and, and there's players coming through you didn't like the likes of the land um, I mean, it's an amazing turnaround because Connacht were the whipping boys, and you, you'll know this better than most. It used to be that going to Connacht, you know, mm-hmm. you were expecting points like you'd expect it when you get the Italian teams but, or the the Dragons or something like that. It's um, it was an amazing turnaround. It must have been great to be a fan that year, like a Leicester City football fan. Oh, absolutely! Like once I, I got to the point where we were. <laughs> We've got our list of podcasts and we went through them and you can see us, you know, if we can just get to the top six, we're happy. <laughs> just get to the top four, we're happy. Crikey, we could get into a semi-final. We could get a home semi-final. 
we could win. <laughs> you can actually, if you you can actually go through the podcast and listen to us being in, more incredulous as we go along, thinking this is really happening, this is going on, this is you know, it was just you know everything went right. It was a World Cup year that definitely had an effect. Yeah, um, there's no question. Having said that, we won the last five games we played, or five of the last six games were Leinster, Glasgow, Glasgow, Munster. And then you had, or sorry, five, yeah, it was, was Treviso, and we lost to Treviso. <laughs> like, we beat Munster, Leinster twice. Sorry, yes, Leinster was the other one. So we bet Leinster twice, we bet Glasgow twice, and we bet Munster. So, yes, it was yeah, a World Cup do year, that. but holy cow, you have to keep winning all those games. Um, and then you lose away in Treviso. So. <laughs> how, uh, how was the Mayo in Edinburgh after the Cornet win? Amazingly, I was, I was involved with... Um, I, the Craggy crew also commentated on local radio in, in Galway. So we're, oh, we're right. as far as we know, we're the only club in the Pro 12 and we think in Europe that has a radio, local radio that commentates on every single game or practically every single game. Sometimes you run out in the game, we can't go. Um, and we That's did awesome. our time. We were in, in, the, in the ground all day and then we finished at something like 10 o'clock. We went and got a bag of chips somewhere and drove to the ferry. And drove oh, overnight because the, <laughs> the players were flying home that night, and we had to be in Galway for the homecoming the next day. Oh, there well, about like, was know, that seven or eight thousand people turned up, so we had to be back. So we didn't have any fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, should we, um... we made up for it afterwards. Yeah, afterwards. I bet you so, did. So, yes, I need to get back to Edinburgh. Yeah. Like a really well, the final. Oh. Um, well, what do we say? Should we have a quick rundown what we think a, a combined 15 would look like quickly, having chatted through most of the positions there? I think yeah. the Scot- okay. you're, you're, you're quite right. We're very happy with our Scotland back three. I think Tommy Seymour and um, Hogg in particular are really, really knocking on that world-class door. Should we do a combined 15 and we'll start? Should we start from the back and go down? Forward yeah, let's start, start at 15, I think. Stuart Hogg? Yeah, I've got Stuart Hogg. Yeah, Stuart Hogg. Um, wingers, I've got Zebo and Seymour. So have I. So have I. Right, this is there we go. <laughs> this is just great radio. Everyone's just delighted to be listening to this. So I've actually mixed up the centres a little bit. I've moved Henshaw to 13 and put Dunbar at 12. Um, just because I, I really, really like Henshaw, but I bloody love Dunbar. You so do <laughs> I, I want to get both of them in the team. Um, and yeah, and I, as I said, I, don't, I haven't seen enough of ring rules and I don't think Hugh Jones and Bennett are of the same quality as um, Dunbar and Henshaw. So. Right, right. So I, I had Bennett in, I had Ringrose in and I swapped him out. Actually, I picked the 23 because I got so frustrated not being able to pick guys. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I, I kept Henshaw at 12 and stuck Bennett at 23 because I think he's a, he's a similar type of player to Ringrose, but he's, a, he's got a couple of years on him. And I, I, yeah. his feet. I think he's got fantastic feet. I'm playing off someone like Henshaw. Who again is another type of guy who gets you across the game line practically every time. Yeah, you know, someone you know he'd, he'd just be able to feed better all day. I would. Ha- I was going to have Henshaw. I was going to have Henshaw and, and Hugh Jones. I'm backing Hugh Jones off his autumn international form. Hopefully, he's not been hitting the beers too hard since he last played a game. It's very cheap in game time, to be fair. So it is. <laughs> you're very <What>? easy. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't seen enough of Hugh Jones to, to make a comment, so that's... that's yeah, yeah it, it is one of these random ones. He sort of started playing for the Stormers, and then sort of the Curry Cup, right before the Autumn Internationals, he was just absolutely crushing it for Western Province, got sort of top try scorer in the competition, and thankfully he's got a Scottish mum, I Scottish think. Scottish mum, we'll take that. <laughs> so, <laughs> What's that I read somewhere he was born in Edinburgh. 
He was. Or is that is that? Yeah, he was born in Edinburgh, and I think he then grew up in England, and then he went to South Africa on a gap year sort of scholarship. Right. Um, yeah. He grew. He grew up. In, grew up a bit in Edinburgh because his um, his old man was a teacher at my school. Oh, wow. I think he was in the oh, right. uh, he was in the junior school <laughs> setup. So he's not for one of these project players who. No, no, he is actually. Fa- I I thought he was as well, but he is actually quite Scottish. I think. I mean, yeah, he sounds yeah, he yeah, sounds yeah, English, but enough, you know, we'll take that. Um, I think so my, I, my ten is Russell. I'd have Russell and Murray. That'd be my ten and nine. Um, I I I did go Sexton. Maybe I'm being too pessimistic. Okay, I'll change <laughs> Russell. <laughs> Russell Russell and Murray. Do that. I like I I I I went I went Sexton. I was sitting. I was chatting to Alan before we came on the line here, and I just said, if you offered me one of those two, I would take Sexton every day because he controls a game better. And I'm worried about the other Finn showing up. The yeah. other Finn that kicks ball with it. It was the the monster Finn, you know, when they lost to yeah, the monster in the Champions Cup. Yeah. And he was kicking away so much ball that it just when you needed and the Six Nations is low scoring, you've got to strategically play it out and Finn's showing that he bottles it in the pocket as well a couple of times. So I'm I'm yeah. taking I'm sticking with uh, with um Sexton and I'm taking Conor Murray over later, obviously. Well, I was looking at the fact that now that we have bonus points, oh, yeah. <laughs> people have been trying that to score true. tries. Yeah, that. that's so, true. You know, and, and my big issue with Sexton is that I don't remember the last time we played 80 minutes. I know uh, I know. Ulster haven't had that good a year, but is, is Paddy Jackson close yeah. to knocking? Yeah, yeah. I, um, like he's, he's got a better kicking percentage on him to start with, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm a fan that Jackson has been for a while. Um, and I'm not too worried if Sexton goes down because I think Jackson can do the job. The problem is what's in behind Jackson. <laughs> that is a that is a lovely problem to have. I think yeah. <laughs> we would be scratching around if Finn Russell gets injured. Really, really poor. Um, Duncan Weir, the pudding as we call him, because he's sort of he's just wee and round. Um, <laughs> we just is not an international standard, unfortunately. Yeah, although we did have uh, Dan Parks. Who's uh, <laughs> no, he's a big, big hero. In yeah, Connacht legend. Yeah, he is a Connacht legend. Absolute Connacht legend. He's the last man to drop a goal for Connacht. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That is Four good, years ago. That is if we had him there on Saturday, we could have got the points we needed. Yeah, yeah. I, I imagine if he, was, the, the line, but anyway. if he was anything like he was in Glasgow, he enjoyed a night out in Galway as well. Oh, did he enjoy a night out in Galway? Absolutely. He most certainly did. Good to hear. That's what we like to hear. We'll have to get you back on the pod for another some Dan Parks tell-all. I'd love to hear that. Oh, no, no. We couldn't go into that now. <laughs> he, he's got his hairs in Scottish rugby, but I'm an absolute fanboy. I, uh, he, he, got, he eked us out a couple, a few wins over his time that we didn't deserve. Two that. against Ireland as Ireland, well. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Pro Park being the... the yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, that, the that, that was a great moment for us on the, on the touchline with the clock dead. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Um, right, into the pack. Ireland's yeah. front row. So Ireland's front row. I think. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's any question. You might. You probably would have put WP and Ellen if he was starring, but I don't think um, any of the. I would struggle to put the Scotland players, maybe even on the bench. I yeah. guess Sean Cronin yeah. would, would definitely be the next hooker. Well, no, uh, oh. Cronin's injured, so I had oh, forward. Oh, <laughs> oh, <sure. laughs> well, he wouldn't be the next. Well, I, I think if I had, if I had, if I had the. Uh, if I had the Ireland front row starting, I would have the luxury of Fraser Brown on the bench. Yeah, that's because true. I think he's he is a really really great player. I think he's just going to miss out in this game because we need the size of Ford to yeah. prop up the prop up the props. That was good. Um, second rows, what do you reckon, Alan in Galway? Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, I've got. I went for for Johnny Gray and Toner. Although I, I actually, in order to to do that, I, I went for a six-two bench, <laughs> 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 so as I could I could have uh, Dunnick Ryan on the bench as well. Oh, that's a good show. Yeah, I think I would actually start the Gray brothers. I yeah, uh, like it, it's it's very yeah, it's very very very. I, I think Richie and Devin Toner, Toner are quite yeah, interchangeable. Are, are so similar. I'm yeah. I'm I'm going with Devin Toner. I think. That in that line-out, that size, um, I think him and Johnny Gray could actually work pretty well together. Yeah. So, um, and I think if we're going combined fifteen, you've got enough athleticism in the back. My back row that I've chosen that you don't need sort of Richie Gray running around the park. Well, you've teed us. You've teed your back row up very nicely there. Then Alan, give us it. So CJ Stander, Jamie Heaslip, and then either O'Brien, O'Mani, or Van der Flyer. <laughs> I, I honestly would. I think they're they're better players than Scotland have in the back row. I think Scotland have got a good back row, but I think Ireland might have the best back row, definitely in the Northern Hemisphere, and are competing with New Zealand. That might be yeah. punchy, but... No, no, I, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with our guys, and, and I'd have yeah, Van der Flair with Stander and Heaslip, but I had Barkley just... Because I'm a huge fan of Barkley, like yeah. he's, he's destroyed us playing for Scarlets against Carl Collins. He's wrecked us more times than I can imagine. And I, I just like the way he plays the game. I think he's he's a, there's a dog about him that that you don't see in enough players. Yeah, you know. And and, and again, I've gone for six two because I want O'Mahony on the bench too. <laughs> yeah, um, because he yeah. he really is outstanding. Um, but I like to have a, a little bit of youth as well as as, as the old guys, and then having someone like Amani coming off the bench to yeah, I think you're right. again, and this would depend on who we were playing. <laughs> well, playing that, that, and that is that is an unbelievable know. luxury that um, Ireland have got. I mean, I was going to go for the experience of Heaslip. Um, you just want that combative ball carrying of CJ Stander, and then you're right, Alan, as you say, you could have your pick of any. Yeah, I I, I, how do you do it? <laughs> It is really hard. It, I'll put in John Barkley because I really, really like him, and he can play across the back row. And um, you know he's a proper fetcher. He's going to get his head over the ball and um, turn it over. As you say, he's been absolutely carving it up for the Scarlets. Um, and yeah, I think he, I think he offers a huge amount. So there you go. That sounds good. Pretty good, right? So let's. Question three is pretty easy. Alan in Galway, who do you think is going to win, and what do you think the score will be? Um. I, I'm, I think Ireland might win it, but no more than two points. I could, I could even see a draw. It's been a long time since since there's been a draw. But a draw. I, I think Scotland have improved a huge amount. If I look at last year's game, we scored two, if not three, of our tries when Scotland were down to fourteen men. Um, so it's 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 going to yeah. be really really tight. And Scotland are playing so well these days. They sh- how did how they lost to Australia? I'll never know. That's just because what Scotland do. That that's just what that's, we do. That's, that's, I think I had them. I had them in a in a travel or something. I just couldn't. Because <laughs> they had the game won, it was there. It was just a matter of knowing. It's 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 a bit like watching where Ireland were a few years back, where the talent is all there. Now it's just that you know take that next yeah, step, the no. extra step to. to and if we if we ahead. come it's through, be, I think it's going to be a really really tight game. I'm not sure what the forecast is for in Edinburgh. I don't know because that will have an impact. I haven't I haven't seen. And while Alan Little tells me what his predictions are, I'll have a quick look up of that, and then we can decide. I was going to say, I don't know if it says something about my personality or just the Scottish psyche in general that I seem to be much more pessimistic than Alan from Galway. But, but yeah, the Alan from Edinburgh just doesn't see 
that much. I do, I, I'm looking. I think maybe a ten to fifteen point loss. I'm. I. I think if the if Scotland's pack can face up, then I I've got no fear that Scotland's backline can compete with the Irish backline. I think actually if 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 Hogg and Seymour and say Dunbar and Russell are getting quick ball, getting front football, then I can see us some. Um, really sort of making quite a lot of um, very, just doing very well but I, I've just got this fear that Ireland's pack is going to just really sort of dominate so I'm going for sort of a 12 point, 12 point win to Ireland yeah I'm, I'm kind of coming at it somewhere in between you guys I think I can't overlook the fact that we got parity in fact we battered Australia up front in the autumn and this is the same group of players that did that and yes, Ireland went on to beat New Zealand and they beat Australia as well. But, you know, like we can do that for, well, we can do it for 79 minutes. We can't do it for 80 minutes. Um, but I think it's going to be about getting parity up front. And I think we're probably just going to fall short there because I think our backs, for the first time ever, I can't believe I'm even saying it, I think our backs are going to score loads of points. I think we might score quite a lot of tries. Um, because we're creative now and we can put people on the back foot. But I don't think we will get the parity required for a win. So I think one score, one score loss. So yeah, okay. I've, I've, just seen, I've just seen the forecast for Edinburgh at the weekend and it's going to be raining. But oh. an 80% chance of rain. With <laughs> well, so I'm looking I'm forward to it. I'm going to say I heard it by 10. Because <laughs> well, I was looking at the backs as well. I was looking at the, you know, the, if, if, if Scotland gets some, some decent ball on the backs because the, the chances are we're... You know, we're going to pick Rob Kearney. Uh, we're probably going to pick Trimble. So there's a, lot, a huge lack of pace there. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's where you know we're there's a real weakness. And I think if, if if it doesn't rain, if that forecast is wrong, and maybe it will be. Um, yeah, you know, it often is. You can't predict dry, anything these the days. Around, I think Scotland have a chance to sneak in a few scores and get really close. Yeah. Right. Well. Speaking of that competition, have you got time for um, a quick Thistle Rugby Pod Scotland versus Ireland quiz special edition? Oh yeah, why not? <laughs> I've got uh, I've got five Scotland and Ireland combined quiz questions for you okay, to face okay. off against, Dave. <laughs> All right. Right. First question: What national age group team has Tommy Seymour played for? So not. Full international, but a national age group team. Well, it was any Canadian or something. He's not. Uh, I've got that one. I, think. I don't know. Do you play for Canada under twenties or something like that? I'll uh, I'll run through the answers at the end. So I'll okay. um, I don't agree. When Vern Cotter coached at Clermont Vern, what position did Joe Schmidt have underneath him? I think he was the backs coach. Yeah, so do I. Wait, <laughs> don't give Dave the answers because he's quite <laughs> he's quite wrong right. for this. <laughs> All right, sorry, sorry, yeah, yeah, sorry. No, 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 no. Right, sorry. I no, probably no. had that one without uh, without your help, Alan. <laughs> Go for it. Cool. So there is four backs from Ireland and Scotland that have had a hundred caps. Who are the four backs? Retired. All retired. All retired. Well, not not from club rugby. Not all of them, but pretty much from international rugby. So yeah, there's been four backs from Scotland and Ireland that have a hundred caps. 
Ooh. I've got three that sort of sort of flew off my pen, but I'm not sure about the fourth. Hmm. Interesting. Go right. ahead. Fourth question. Uh, an, in an, an Ireland international from 2016 played Super Rugby with a Scottish international from, from 2016. Who are those two players? Give me that again. So a player who played for Ireland in 2016 played Super Rugby with a Scottish international rugby player. Who were those two players? I've got absolutely no idea. <laughs> <laughs> this is good, Alan. Do you get any work done? <laughs> Do this off, off, off the clock. Off the clock. Obviously off the clock. For all, all In my lunch break. For everyone listening, yeah. <laughs> for when your boss is listening. And the last question, this is, uh, what three players did Johnny Beatty knock over when he scored Scotland's only try against Ireland in the 23-20 win at Croke Park? I mean, I don't even, I don't, I remember it, <laughs> but I have no idea. Yeah. It was Andy what? Henderson popped it inside to oh. Strokosh offloaded to Andy Henderson, who offloaded to Johnny Beatty. Oh, it's like a who's who. <laughs> Oh dear. Right, so the first question, Tommy Seymour represented which national age group team? I see, I, I, I don't know, I, I have some weird thing about him playing over in Canada or America or somewhere, so I thought he was the Canada 20s or something like that. He, he played for Ireland under 19s, didn't he? Yeah, no way. he did. He was, <laughs> he, was, uh, he was born in Nashville. In the he States. was American, and he was, and he was the fact. <laughs> yeah, and then he moved to Ireland, and then when he was kind of in the Ulster Academy, he played for the Ireland under 19s team. Oh, wow. He was a, he was a product of um, Ballymena, I think. Yeah. I had a friend of mine who played at Ballymena with him, yeah. Um, cool, second, what position did Joe Smith have under Vern Cotter? Backs coach, I'm always positive he was the backs back coach. coach, yeah. Yeah, that's correct. I think I had that before Alan said it as well. <laughs> What four play, four backs have a hundred caps? Do you want to go first, Alan? Okay, uh, O'Driscoll and O'Gara definitely. Yeah. Um, two more. I can't. I uh, no, no. I can't think of anyone else who's got a hundred caps. Well, I'll be. I'll be honest. I had Bod. I'd forgotten about O'Gara, so I won't. I won't take that one. Um, Sean Lamont, Chris Patterson. Yeah. Both uh, both over a hundred. Wow. Sean Lamont yeah, sure does not deserve 100 caps. Yeah, no, <laughs> you can't really. You got yeah, O'Gara and Brian O'Driscoll against Chris Patterson and Sean Lamont. <laughs> <laughs> if you're talking about impacts yeah, yeah, on yeah, world rugby, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> right, yeah, no, I didn't really describe this one quite well, but um, an, in an Ireland international player from 2016 played Super Rugby with a Scottish international player. Who were those two players? Okay, so. Must be CJ Stander because he's the only Irish player that I can think of has played Super Rugby. Is uh, who would be your Scotland player? And I'm trying to think of who played. He hasn't played with Jones, has he? No, it was uh, it was Richard Strauss. Oh, Strauss is the other guy, yes. <laughs> and yeah, I, no, Richard Strauss. The, Rickard, the Rickard Strauss, is it? Yeah, yeah. Rickard, Rickard Strauss. Strauss. And he yeah. played at the Cheetahs with WP Nell in 2009. <laughs> no, and that's why I specifically had really. to say 2016, because I know he's not in the squad this year. Yes, which is part of why it threw me a little bit. But yeah, yeah, I know. That, that's yeah, why yeah. the wording was so terrible. <laughs> 
Um, right, yeah, fair enough. Fair I didn't enough. even get one of those. So. Cool. So I think it's it might just be five three to Dave. Which yeah, it probably is. Yeah, yeah. Got loads. Do you want to? <laughs> <laughs> right. Do if you, you got any of the three players that Johnny Beatty knocked over? No, I don't. Oh, that's right. But uh, see, they're the things that I, I don't remember those ones. <laughs> I remember I'm, it was the other way around, all right. I've written down Keith. What Earth, year was that? I've got what no idea. It was, it was uh, 2010, was it? 2010. Well, one of them had to be Rob Carney. Uh, no, it was um, really? it was Jordan Murphy who was starting fullback in that game. 2010. Yeah, it was the game. It was the game at Croke Park when he scored. When Johnny Beatty scored the only Scotland try, I can't remember who scored for Ireland. Um, but it was Jordan Murphy, Gordon Darcy, and Paul O'Connell. <laughs> <laughs> Bad day at the office for those lads. Like Paul O'Connell. Oh, I know, I know. Fantastic. Um, wow. Well, yeah. Oh, I, didn't yeah get, I, didn't I wonder get... I wiped that from my memory, you know. Yeah, yeah I know. know. <laughs> as, as, as the saying used to go over here, you know, Superman used to wear Paul O'Connell underpants, so, you know, <laughs> that type of stuff. That's fine. We've got the same thing about Sean Lamont, so... Yeah, right, fair enough. <laughs> Uh, well, that was great. Um, I got well hammered there. Holy cow! See, I needed William. I knew I needed William. On this <laughs> he would have remembered it. Well, that's what we'll do. We'll have to. Um, we'll have to come back for another pod um, in a year's time, or next time we uh, we link up. I'm sure we can do this again. But um, well, we look forward to Saturday. Hopefully, we get a nice big win for Scotland. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, this is you know this is the most <laughs> the most the most hyped tournament in the world. Most overhyped tournament in the world for the most part but this year does seem to have a little bit more about it because everyone seems to be on the upper part from the Welsh but you know, absolutely kind of everything it'll be a good one well um, just uh, just quick one minute you want to what's how are you feeling about Pat Lamb moving to Bristol we were pretty gutted it has to be said but you know we knew we were we knew we were going to lose him uh, yeah. at some stage so but yeah it was the timing wasn't particularly brilliant yeah um, it did sort of blow us away a little bit at least you managed to re-sign Bundyake before uh, you lost Pat Lamb. Yeah, well, and, and we signed some players after we left as well. So you know, um, it's it's the players have realised that you know this is this is up to them. Like Pat Lamb wasn't on the field. Yeah, like, like he is he is a brilliant brilliant man as well. He's been a brilliant coach. He's just a brilliant man. Like I I, I met him the day before the final, where we were in going to pick up the kind of president to bring him to a, a radio station so we could interview him on the oh, radio yeah. in Galway. <laughs> And Pat wasn't sure who I was. I just nodded hello and he nodded hello back. But I'm, I got to, I managed to blag my way onto the onto the field and did the lap of honour with the, the players and interviewed a few of them. Ah, oh, amazing! I, I turned around at one stage and there's Pat and he hand he puts his hand out and he says, "Good job, Alan." And I said, <laughs> "Well, that's that's something else for him to go and figure out who I was and then remember who I was whilst he's doing a lap of honour." <laughs> that's yeah. amazing. What a great moment! Well, it's pretty good doing a lap of honour, has to be said. <laughs> Well, but good. it hasn't played <laughs> well good stuff the, the well um, Alan we're thanks take, thanks we're so much for, because uh, we're back down to where we've always been but as I keep saying to my Monster and Leinster supporting fans that you can never take it away from us no you no. cannot that's with you for good it's like when Glasgow won it as well yeah yeah um, exactly exactly. and we did it as, as Glasgow did playing the best rugby there was exactly and that's why it's, a good, that's why it's good Um, right Alan we're gonna we're gonna shoot off. Thanks a lot for uh, for joining us. Um, that's Alan from the from the Craggy Rugby Pods. Um, thanks. Yeah, thanks so much. It was great. Dave, thanks, Alan. Cheers, yeah, mate. We'll speak soon. Enjoy the game of the weekend. Yeah, well. we will. Cheers. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I'm sort of starting to question my my own pessimism. Like, I uh, pessimism. Pes- pe- <laughs>
pessimism. Pessimism. There you go. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, it was. Um, it was really, really nice to hear someone from sort of Ireland talking so highly of so many of the Scottish players. Yeah, that was great. Um, but no, look, massively looking forward to it. Um, let's let's just hope for the best. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm going up uh, up for the game on Saturday. Looking forward to it. I think, as I said, I think it's going to be a tight one. But I think we're going to lose it. But hey, we cannot end on a negative. So come on, Scotland. Let's get us off to the. F- when was the last time we won our first game in the Six Nations? I don't know, but I do know that we have a six percent win record <laughs> for game one in the Six percent. It's it's game three that we're usually quite good at, isn't it? Yeah, it was game three and game five. We were at forty percent, and yeah, game we had the we had the worst record. I mean, Italy were even at fifteen percent for first game. For first game. Oh, six percent. Well, so, you know, justice for the six percent, I say. Yeah. Let's get that win. And you know, it's a very important last six nations. So it'd be interesting to see. Do you think when we chatted about before? Do you think he'll stick with the tried and tested, or do you think you know he's got no, sort of nothing to lose? I guess. Um, I think he's. I think he's. He's built a team, and he's now got a solid set of guys that he's brought through. Yeah. I can't imagine he's going to chop and change that, particularly with the success it's been having. Um, the, my only concern is that people are not going to go out and play for him because, you know, what impact is it going to have with with him leaving? They're not really playing for him. They're playing for sort of Gregor Townsend. I, I don't know. I, I just wonder if it could sort of mentally affect any of the players. Was interesting seeing with O'Halloran coming out today and asking sort of almost the Scottish press and Scottish rugby fans to have patience with the team and saying that this team sort of two years away from its sort of best rugby, it seems a little bit, a little bit of a weird thing to say, sort of five six days out before your first Six Nations game. Yeah, I, it's not great in terms of for the, for the lads, I guess, just trying to get them up for it. But maybe he's playing the expectations a bit because Scotland are always. How many times have we had this sort of false dawn? Yeah, that we are now facing <laughs> down. <laughs> no, I mean, well, let's hope that there is um, the sunny uplands waiting us, waiting for us at the weekend. Yeah, let's bring it back to optimism. I think I'm feeling really, really good about the Six Nations, and um, I think Ireland's a hell of a tough place to start. But I think that's it won't knock the guys if they get a tight loss. But I, I think there's a good chance, six percent or not. I think this is a Scotland team that is good enough to beat teams like Ireland. So let's get out there and do it. Yeah. Well, there you go. For all the listeners that have managed to last the hour that this. The hour, can. yeah. Christ, well done, guys. <laughs> cool. Right. Let's... Are we done? Yeah, we're done. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> right, guys. Have a great week, guys. This. We'll see you, see you the weekend. Cheers. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.